Welcome to Insurance Made Simple. This is episode 18. I'm your host, Peter Vitale, and today's episode is going to focus a lot on the trend that is happening in the auto insurance market today. It's a scary trend. It's a trend we've talked about a little before on this show, but the rising inflation rates in the United States of America is causing chaos and havoc and mayhem on the auto insurance market. And this inflation is not going away anytime soon. It's a huge issue. And it's one of the most important issues in the insurance industry today because it's creating such a huge amount of losses for insurance companies. Why do you care about that? Why is that important to you? Because if the insurance companies are losing money, you can bet one thing's going to happen. Insurance rates are going up, right? The price we're paying for everything's going up, but so are insurance rates. And this is going to be one of the main focuses of this episode. But also one of the focuses of this episode is insurance industry marketing. And we've talked about this before, the billions and billions and billions of dollars that auto insurance companies and home insurance companies spend marketing to consumers in America. This is a huge, huge huge amount of money. Now, I don't know who even watches live TV anymore. Not many people do, but uh, a lot of people are watching, um, you know, Netflix and HBO Max and Hulu and all this stuff. But on live TV, TV commercials for all states, State Farm, Geico, Liberty Mutual, these are huge. Everyone sees them. Everyone knows Flow from Progressive. Everyone knows the Gecko from Geico. Everyone knows Mayhem from Allstate. And everyone knows Jake from State Farm. And in fact, in a publication I was reading this week, Jake from State Farm, State Farm has a template of their spokesman, Jake from State Farm, available for download on their website. And it is a pumpkin carving template. Just in time for Halloween, you can carve Jake from State Farm on your Halloween pumpkin. Now, you know, I mean, Jake from State Farm seems pretty cool. I don't know that I personally, and I love insurance, but I don't know if I personally uh, would carve Jake from State Farm on my pumpkin, but apparently State Farm thinks that some people will. I don't know, maybe they're just State Farm employees and State Farm agents, and that's okay too, but I don't know members of the broader uh, public uh, that are uh, you know, that obsessed with Jake from State Farm. But insurance industry marketing is huge. It's a huge thing, but what is happening is we're seeing a transformation between generations now, right? Generation Z coming to the point where they're starting to buy insurance are they watching TV ads? I don't think so. Many people don't think so. And in a publication this week, I really think um, I think this is one of the telltale signs of where auto insurance marketing is going to go. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to call this out now. We'll see. I'm sure someone will hold my feet to the fire later and tell me if I'm right or wrong after they listen to this. But we're seeing companies like State Farm. They're experimenting with new marketing channels like the metaverse and gaming. These are huge changes in this industry. And I think, why are we seeing a marketing change? Why are we seeing this happen? And I think this quote from 
Ellen Carney, uh, and she's an analyst uh, who covers this stuff very in detail. And this is the quote that she says, and I, I find this quote fascinating because it talks about what's going on in the um, insurance um, economy right now, and it also talks about the advertising aspect. And uh, here's a quote. It says, you've got regular price inflation. You've got claims inflation. You've got consumers that are paying more for housing, food, fuel, gas in their cars and all that stuff and uh, you eat or you pay for your insurance. Guess what? They're not going to pay for their insurance. You've got a billion dollar marketing budget and you want that marketing money to be paying off and it sure doesn't sound like it is. Now, why does she say that? Because what is happening today in the insurance industry is that new customers coming on board are not paying an adequate rate. Neither are the old customers, honestly. They're not paying an adequate rate for the losses that are coming up and have happened. Inflation has caused everything to go up. Candidly, this was an avoidable situation, I think. You know, I think that, you know, our country, the government generally is in a state of disarray for a lot of different reasons. Um, and that's not a political statement, honestly. You know, there's political dysfunction has been happening in this country for a long time. But, you know, it's getting bad now, folks. You know, and it's getting bad where you have billion dollar, you know, industries, companies that take in tens of billions of dollars in insurance premium. And they are being impacted by this. So how's the average American being impacted? I would guess a lot more. And it's going to be a lot worse when your auto insurance prices start creeping up. And we know they already have, but they're going up more because we've seen massive, massive, massive price increases and losses that are happening in the insurance industry. So let's dive into that a little bit because we have some big news and Ladies and gentlemen, no one else is going to go through this kind of news with you, so I'm glad you've tuned in because you're going to hear it here. You're not going to hear it anywhere else. You call your local insurance agent, whether it's Allstate, Geico, State Farm, and you ask them, why does my price go up? What are they going to tell you? Well, most of them don't listen to this podcast, unfortunately, so they're not as well informed as they should be. But that's why you're smart, and that's why you're listening, so thank you. And you're going to now hear some of the very, very frightening and shocking news, I think. And, um, you know, one of the articles I read this week, and I think this is a brilliant piece that was written. It was uh, published in Property and Casualty Specialist, which is a industry publication that covers the personal lines insurance industry very well. Talented reporters over there, they do a great job, and they really dive deep on this one particular topic. And uh, one of the pieces that they wrote um, this week the title of it is Allstate's Stellar Financial Reputation Under Pressure. And they give a timeline of that. And uh, it's no secret. I think we've talked about it even on this podcast before. But I, I've talked to many people about this before. Allstate has always been the most profitable of any major auto insurer. It's phenomenal. They've always made big money institutional investors flock to Allstate. They pay out big dividends. It's profitable. The value of the company has been steady going up. You know, I mean, personally, I think the leadership of the organization isn't that great. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm becoming a little more opinionated as this podcast goes on. Um, but I think the leadership of the organization is a little incompetent, but that's okay. They're still making money for their investors. And that is one of the core functions 
of a company. And people may say, and I know I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but people may say, Peter, that's bad. That shouldn't be. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Allstate isn't owned by Mr. Allstate. Allstate is a publicly traded company that's owned like, I think it's like 89% by institutional investors. So what's an institutional investor? It's a pension fund. Uh, so it could be a, a school uh, pension fund. It could be CalPERS, California Public Employees uh, Pension Fund, one of the biggest pension funds in the entire country. I think it is the biggest pension fund in the entire country. You know, they're a big investor in Allstate. So this isn't just Mr. Allstate. This is everyday Americans that own this uh, in their retirement funds. So they've always had a huge, you know, their main draw for investors was they had huge healthy profit margins. Now, uh, as this publication, Property and Casualty Specialist, um, is quoting from another publication, but it says here that, uh, you know, the Chicago uh, area-based Allstate has been growth-challenged during most of Tom Wilson's 16-year term as CEO. So what does that mean? That means they're not growing policies in force. They're not growing items in force, item being a car, a home, a boat. Uh, Etc. So they're not growing their customers, but they're staying steady, but they've always been profitable. So that's pretty good, right? That's not bad. Not every business needs to grow, 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 right? If you have a huge business like Allstate does and you're generating a ton of profit, pretty good position. A lot of people would invest in that. A lot of really smart people are investing in that, um, like the folks who manage, um, you know, public uh, pension funds. Well, what's happened here is that Allstate's financial results for the past two quarters have been abysmal. I mean, honestly, it's been absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, we're going on here, you know, I think they reported, uh, and I'm looking for the statistic right now, I'm pretty sure they're, Allstate's reporting almost a three-quarter of a billion dollar loss in the third quarter. You lose three-quarters of a billion dollars in three months. I mean, you got to be pretty bad at business to do that. Well, that's not fair to the Allstate guys. I'm just, you know, I'm not going that far. But, that is the environment we are in right now. And that's not a function of incompetent management in all state. That is a function of inflation. That is a function of more people getting into accidents. And this isn't just happening to Allstate. I mean, they reported their financial results this week or, or previewed them bitterly. So I, I don't want to be unfair to them because I think this isn't just them. And that's why we're talking about it on this show. We're not, it's not just them, okay? It is not just them. But what it is, is it's everybody. And it's happening because the inflation is going up drastically. So why has this been happening? This has been happening because this is a huge issue. And I think this is, quite frankly, it's a little frightening as a driver on the road. But this is what's happened. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates that 9,560 people died in traffic accidents in the first quarter of 2022, which is a 7% increase from 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lot of people, okay? 9,560 people in three months died in traffic accidents. And that's 7% higher than the year before. This isn't just dollars and cents. This is people's lives. This is how much more dangerous it is being on the road today. And frankly, why'd this happen? You know, some people speculate, and I don't think there's any way to really prove this, but during the pandemic, drivers learned poor habits as the roads were less crowded and they drove less. 
The Insurance Information Institute's even reported that distracted driving rose 33% from 2021 to 2022. 33% increase in distracted driving. This is out of control. You mix this in with inflation, what the heck happens? You have huge companies losing billions of dollars in a matter of months. This is a bad situation. You know, U.S. private passenger collision claim severity. What does that mean? That's the average cost per collision claim. It has increased 36.5% from the first quarter of 2020 to the first quarter of 2022. In the 12 months ending March 31st, 2022, the severity of bodily injury liability reached 38.6%, while the frequency decreased slightly. So what does this really mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. It means that this is a huge cause of concern for auto insurance companies and anyone who buys auto insurance. If you're buying auto insurance, which, you know, if you have a car, you have to legally, right? What is going on? Your price is going to go up. Why is your price going up? Because of the things I just told you. Now, this isn't this. We talk about this frequently. This is an industry issue. This is a macroeconomic trend. It's not company specific. So what does that mean? Well, I would tell you this because I think this may be a good frame of mind for insurance consumers to get in is this isn't just happening with the company that you're with right now. Your price is going to go up. I guarantee it. It's going up. You live in the United States of America. You have auto insurance. The price is going up at your next renewal. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, especially when you're paying more for food. You're paying more for gas. You're paying more for clothes. You're paying more for school supplies. You're paying more for everything. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm going to be honest with you all the time. And that's what's happening. And it isn't just your insurance company. Every insurance company is raising rates right now. So what I think that means is that generally the competitive position between the carriers should be pretty close to what it was before, right? If all the auto insurance companies are losing money and they're all having you know increases in claims payouts because of inflation – and inflation is the same amount generally across the entire country, then the carriers are going to have to raise the rate proportionately. And I think that the competitive position between the carriers will be the same. Why is this important? Because I don't want you to waste your time. First of all, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about every carrier has a particular portion of the market they're going after. They're not all different. Some carriers go after the same as one of their competitors, but they all don't do that, right? And I say this because we have like carriers like Chubb and Pure, and these are carriers that um, market to the affluent, you know, people who have significant financial resources and uh, wealth that they are looking to protect, right? Uh, someone who has a net worth of $10,000 isn't going to need the same liability limits on their insurance policy as someone that's worth $10 million, right? Some guy, he's worth about 10000 bucks. He really injures you in an auto accident. I mean, you can go after him pretty hard, but what's he going to give you? He's only got 10000 bucks, right? Is it really worth your time to go after this? Well, if he's got insurance, sure, but let's say he doesn't have that much insurance. So he doesn't need to protect the same amount of stuff that the guy with 10 million bucks does. 
So we have companies like Chubb and Pure, and those are targeted to the affluent. We have companies like Progressive and Allstate and State Farm, and those kind of target broadly the masses, the middle-class America, and they do it a little differently. I think that Allstate probably goes a little bit towards the upper-middle-class section. I think State Farm probably generally goes like right in the middle-middle-class. Um, I think Progressive is in that middle-class area, but they also will provide reasonable rates for younger drivers or folks with a ticket or two. So, um, you know, whereas Allstate, you know, it's kind of a rigid, more clean driving record uh, customer, what they're going after, you know, National General might be a, you know, someone who has a DUI where Allstate and State Farm don't want to touch that. So everyone's kind of going after someone different. And that's how they, what they price to. They price the product attractively to the demographic they want to attract. And they all do it a little differently, but they all think that if we target here and we write these people, we're going to make money based on our pricing. So I think that everyone's competitive position is going to stay the same because if everyone's going to need to take kind of a proportional rate increase based on the inflation that's going on and the larger trends that are happening kind of equally to everyone around the country. So what does that mean? That means, I don't want to say don't waste your time shopping for insurance because that sounds kind of salesy and gimmicky and like, you know, I don't want you to get a better rate. No, 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 you can. I mean, I'm just saying as a practical matter, I don't think it's going to make that huge of a difference, but do your due diligence and check into it and maybe there's a carrier you didn't check out the last time you went shopping for insurance, and maybe there's someone now. I will say, I always recommend consult a local expert, someone who's available. They may or may not be in your community. So when I say local, I guess I think local as a local insurance agent differently than, than most people. I think local is an insurance agent that knows your area. They don't necessarily have to be your neighbor. They don't have to necessarily know uh, you know, live there, but they know and understand your area. They understand the carriers that write policies in your area. They understand the trends that are happening in your area and they're available. You know, they answer the phone when you call. Do you ever like call a business today and they don't answer the phone? Like you leave a message, nobody calls you back. What's up with that? I don't even know what's going on with that, but that happens to me more and more. Like, no one has customer service. Even if you're trying to buy something from someone, half the time they don't call you back. It's a weird, weird, weird world we live in right now. But you want an insurance agent that's local. Why does that matter? I'm sorry, not local, available. doesn't matter if they're local. They could live next door to you. If you go over there and knock on the door and they don't answer it, what the heck's the difference if they're local or not? It doesn't make a difference in the world. You want someone who's available. So you want someone who's available and who knows and understands your region, your area, they can live halfway around the country. If they answer the phone and they understand insurance in your area, what the heck's the difference? So you want someone who's knowledgeable. More importantly, you want someone who's honest, who you can trust, who has a good reputation in the community, who, you know, ask your friends and family and say, hey, who's your insurance agent? Do you know them? And if they don't, or if they say, yeah, 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 but I haven't talked to them in a while, or I don't know, the guy I call, they don't answer the phone, then you know, hey, that's not who I want. But someone is bound to say, oh my God, I have the world's best insurance agent. His name is, or her name is, whatever. And they always answer the phone. They always respond to text messages. They promptly respond to emails. That's someone you want to do business with, especially in a time like this, because you know they're going to put in the effort and the time to find you the insurance you need at a price you can afford. 
but they're also going to be there when you need them. And that is what insurance is all about. Insurance doesn't matter at all if it's not there when you need it. And that is the most important thing. So I started this by saying, don't shop for insurance. And that's not what I really mean. I'm just suggesting if you think your insurance bill, you know, at your renewal goes up 10%, I'm just telling you, you're naive to think if the other companies then go up 10% too, because it is a macroeconomic situation. It is high level. It is high level. It's not happening just in one part of the country. It's not happening just with certain kinds of drivers. It's not happening just with one carrier. It's not happening in one state or one town or one. It's everywhere. Let's be honest. It's everywhere. So the economy's disastrous. People are paying more for everything. You're going to pay more for auto insurance. So be prudent. Make sure you're getting the coverage you need as you're paying all this money for insurance. So I want to talk about another topic that is also very interesting to insurance that's going on, and that's um, USAA, which is an auto insurer that specializes in, they cater to members of America's armed forces uh, and retired members and their family. Um, They are an insurer that is like a membership organization. You've got to be a member to purchase their policies. You can be a member by, um, you know, being a veteran or an active duty service member or family. So USAA has been ordered to pay $10 million. Well, I guess they entered into a settlement agreement. I guess you could say they're still being ordered to, but they're paying $10 million to settle a class action lawsuit in Ohio. The uh, issue was USAA did not pay sales tax on vehicles that were deemed a total loss. It's a violation of state law. It's a violation of their own auto policy. $10 million bucks. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that USAA is a horrible company, and I don't believe they are, honestly. USAA has got some of the highest customer satisfaction rates of the entire insurance industry, so obviously they're doing something right. But ladies and gentlemen, I will say this. Someone had to hold USAA's feet to the fire, bring this class action lawsuit all the way through to this point to get people the money back that they deserved under Ohio's laws and under the USAA auto insurance policy. I want to tell everyone that's listening to this, and I think this may be this may be one of the most profound things that I'm going to say on this podcast ever, because I think this is this important. One individual person can hold a multi-billion dollar corporation's feet to the fire. Never get discouraged, never give up, And if you believe that your insurance company should be paying for something and there is a legal reason that they need to pay for something and they're not, we need to continue to hold companies accountable because if not, what is going to happen? The average everyday person is going to get run over and we're not going to allow that to happen. So I just, I'm going to throw this out there that I think that This is good when this happens because the whole point of having insurance is to make sure it pays as it should. The contract is what the contract is. We talked about this on the last episode with, you know, the Michigan um, trying to basically rewrite the law. And, you know, I'm just going to speak very candidly, screw people out of money 
and claims payments and some of the most vulnerable members of our society. That doesn't fly, and, and people held not only the insurance company's feet to the fire, but also the legislature of the state of Michigan. And they basically said, no, 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 no. Uh, you're not going to rewrite a contract retroactively that's against the contracts clause of the Michigan Constitution. People need to hold large organizations and small organizations and other people and everybody. It is a good thing to hold companies and people accountable. So if you know or believe that something's going wrong, someone stepped up and someone sued USAA. And guess what? People are getting $10 million back. So this is important. Um, and I guess someone would probably say, Peter, are you crazy? You're telling people to sue USAA for $10 million. I mean, they're not making any money. You just said auto insurance companies are losing money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm saying that, but we need to hold insurers accountable. Remember, we've had some insurance companies with very nefarious pasts. I mean, you know, I, I think one of the biggest examples we've highlighted before on this show, from good hands to boxing gloves, I mean, my God, that was the title of a slide that a consulting firm pitched to Allstate, you know, in the 90s, and Allstate implemented the plan. I mean, you say you're in good hands, but they went to boxing gloves? I mean, we need to hold these companies accountable. We need to hold them accountable. Someone's held USA accountable. I think that's a good thing. I encourage you to think about things from that perspective, that one person can bring a big company to do the right thing. And I think that's important. I also think that we need to come to really grips and understand right now that the insurance companies may, because of this profitability challenge they're having, may be adjusting claims a little more rigid, maybe a little tougher than they used to. And I would just tell everyone to make sure you hold them accountable if you have a claim issue. Make sure you're getting paid what you owe. I don't think it's a good public policy position uh, for us to say, well, these companies aren't making a lot of money, you know, let's just let the average American get paid less on a claim. That's not a good public policy position. So we need to hold these companies accountable. Make sure that you are doing everything that you need to to get your claim adjusted properly. Make sure you're consulting with your insurance agent. Hey, if you bought insurance from like a 1-800 number and they just give you the claims department, don't give you any advice, you don't have an insurance agent, you don't have someone to walk you through the process, hey, send me an email, peter at encoreinsurance.com. Give my office a call, 248-466-0200. I'm happy to talk to you anytime. I'll give you the best advice I can. And, uh, you know, we can talk about you know, why you want an insurance agent to be engaged in your claims process because it's going to make all the difference in the world, uh, right? Ins you're just throwing your money away if it's not going to pay out uh, when you need it. That's the whole point. That is why we're in this. That's why I'm in this profession. And I'll tell you guys a quick story here, um, and this is how we'll kind of finish out this episode because this was one of the most transformational points in my career. I had sold an auto insurance policy to a young woman. Uh, she's in the Grand Rapids, Michigan um, area. And uh, when I sold her auto policy, I really pressed her to think about getting a renter's insurance policy. And she was like, Peter, you know, I don't think it's that necessary. It's not like a big deal. You know, I don't have that much stuff. And we really went through it and it was really inexpensive. And she made the determination it was a negligible expense. She could afford it. She should get it. And I will never forget that phone call I got when 
there was a fire in her apartment complex. Thank God um, the whole thing didn't burn down. No one was hurt. Um, you know, that's obviously the most important thing. And her particular unit did not catch on fire, but the building's fire suppression system discharged and all of her stuff was essentially destroyed. I don't, I don't think she could salvage very much at all. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the water that comes out of a fire suppression system. It's filthy. Um, so, you know, if that goes all over your stuff, you're not going to be able to salvage much of it. So, and she had a young daughter and she called me in tears, grateful that I really kind of, you know, pressed right and forced her. But I, I told her I thought it was a good idea for her to, to get it. And I'm glad she listened um, and chose to do it. But it's her decision to make. Um, but she was so grateful because she was not in the financial position where she was going to be able to recover from this without insurance. And she had a young child and they had to stay at a hotel for a few nights while their apartment was getting cleaned. And right, that was paid for by the additional living expense of her renter's policy. And she was very grateful. And I think that, um, right, that's the purpose. That's why I got into this industry is to help people and to have people, you know, at a time of a claim you know, candidly, like I said, I think USAA is a great organization. I have nothing against them. But honestly, I'm glad someone held their feet to the fire to make them pay what they owe. Because we cannot be, the insurance industry can't be in the business of screwing consumers. Let's just be candid, okay? I'll say it again because that's how firmly I believe it. The insurance industry cannot be in the business of screwing consumers. We need to do the right thing. And when times are tough in the insurance industries and companies are record-breaking losses and we're getting some pressure from the top down because the C-suite at these big insurance companies, those guys get paid based on the performance of the company. They have stock options, equity awards, bonuses, all that stuff. So you know there is going to be some pressure to tighten up things a bit. And there's nothing wrong with tightening things up like fraud. We don't need people filing fraudulent claims because that's just stealing from somebody else. That's stealing from our, our neighbors and friends. So there can be a little pressure to adjust those kinds of claims a little bit tighter. But there cannot be pressure to adjust legitimate claims tighter. We need to do the right thing. We need to make sure we're paying what the policy contract says because we need to do right by the customers because that is our mission. That is why the insurance industry exists. The industry should not forget that in these tough times. We should come together to find solutions for the broader economy because clearly it's a disaster. But we should make sure we're doing the right thing by our customers. And the only thing I think that customers should do is also be a little more, not a little more, but just be a little understanding of the situation right now. And I know it's frustrating because folks tell me this every day. I'm on a fixed income. Peter, I'm on a fixed income. Everyone's on a fixed income. Everyone makes the same amount every week or every hour they work or however they get paid. Everyone's on a fixed income. We understand that. And we don't like having bad conversations with people telling them their insurance bill's going up. But at least now, you're an educated consumer and you understand why what's happening and what's going on. And so I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast, being informed, being a concerned insurance consumer. 
I thank you, and I can't wait to talk to you again in a few weeks. And hopefully we see this trend of raising auto insurance rates go down, and we'll pray for that. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. Please, please, please call, email anytime if you have any questions. Peter at EncoreInsurance.com, 248-466-0200. 